Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast, a convenient place where you can stay up to date on what's popular in the swine industry. By listening to Popular Pig, you will receive invaluable information on the latest trends, news, and research from various experts who guide the global pork industry. Popular Pig is brought to you by Swine Tech, the award-winning creators of SmartGuard and PigFlow. To learn how PigFlow can help you streamline your workforce and reduce piglet and sow deaths, visit swinetechnologies.com. Popular Pig is also made possible by the National Pork Board, Intervention, Crystal Spring, Johnsonville Foods, High Pork Genetics, Minitube, Brenneman Pork, Fibro Animal Health, Swine Robotics, Innovative Heating, and PigEquipment.com. Brought to you by American Resources. Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast. My name is Matthew Roto, your host for today's episode. Today, we're going to talk about the Pork Leadership Academy with Phil Horde and John Wesley. Thank you for joining today. Good to be here. Good to be here. So they just had a new class inducted into this program with the National Pork Board. You were in last year's class. I went through the Iowa version, which didn't go uh, outside the U.S. border, and you guys got to go to Mexico City, which is pretty cool. I really wanted to get both of you on to talk about that experience. But before we do that, I'd love for you to both introduce yourself. So if, John, you could start by introducing yourself and your background and how you got into pig production, that'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm John Wesley Hare. Um, I was uh, born and raised here in Duplin County in North Carolina. Um, I guess you could say how I got into the pork industry is I was almost born into it. Um, my grandfather, um, uh, Wendell Murphy, um, when he was uh, with Mur- our Murphy Family Farms, was still in operation. Um, you know, I grew up around the business and the pigs. Um, we're, today, we're a little bit different. We're Murphy Family Ventures. Um, we still are in production agriculture and swine, um, but also in poultry and uh, also have some hospitality businesses and other ventures that we have gotten into um, since the Murphy Farms days. Um, I went to NC State, uh, got a degree in ag business management. Um, and so now I, in, with Murphy Family Ventures, I, my title is recruiter. And so my job is to attract talent to our company. Um, mostly what I do is working in the ag sector, um, you know, trying to recruit production trainees to come work on South Farm facilities, um, but also do management hires for our restaurant and hospitality businesses as well. Phil, how about you? Yeah, Phil Hoard uh, from Ohio. Uh, my family has an agribusiness uh, located in North Central Ohio. Uh, Fair out of finish uh, operation. I am uh, fifth generation to be back in the business and uh, got my degree in finance and uh, started about eight years ago uh, back in the business and, and worked my way around. Um, started in a south farm and, uh, and worked in our grow finish side and and in our uh, our business office in HR, and and today uh, help lead our uh, sow production division uh, as well as uh, research and nutrition. Um, yeah, fun fun time. So to lead off with a question here, can you talk about why you're, each of you came from different states, and uh, you had a wide variety of states represented in the program? But why are you proud to produce pigs in the state you produce them in? And I'll start with Phil. 
you know, Ohio kind of under the radar, right? If we look at the the largest hog producing states, but uh, being in the top ten, I think it's uh, we're we're around, we're here. Uh, Ohio's kind of known for uh, having pretty good health, and part of that is um, we kind of have to have good health uh, for our animals, um, just due to some uh, higher grain costs historically. You know, our basis uh, over here, as you go east, is a lot higher, and uh, you know, being being a pork producer in Ohio is uh, there's not too many of us, but there, um, it's, it's a fun time. And, uh, like I said, generally uh, have to be pretty focused on herd health and, and feed formulation and feed conversion and just due to, to grain basis. And, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, focus on being a, a good producer for a packer and being a preferred supplier, uh, partner for that packer and, and packers as well, just, uh, due to our location, not having quite as many options as if I was, in Iowa, for example. Gotcha. How about you, John? Um, so southeastern North Carolina, I'm not sure if you've taken a drive through there, but um, we're pretty rural. Um, you know, there's, uh, I would say that we are, we're rural, but the pork industry and the effect in our area is astronomical. Um, just looking at some stats here, um, support nearly 19,000 jobs here in Duplin, Sampson, Bladen, and Wayne counties. And so I think the impact of the industry in my state, in the southeastern part of the state, is it's our economic driver. We also have a large poultry producing uh, or poultry production in the area, but production agriculture is what's around our area. Um, it's the lifeblood of the economy. Um, you know, for example, the county I live in Duplin County is 4,000 jobs and 800 million in receipts last year. So, um, and we also, uh, North Carolina ranks number two nationally um, in pork production. So right behind Iowa. So, um, you know, I think the economic effect is, is really what um, makes me proud of it. Um, you know, I'm not scared to be proud of it. Uh, stand up for what we do. I mean, it's, it's, it's what we do in this area. And, and I can't, I, hard to put into words how important it is in southeastern north carolina absolutely north carolina in itself is having challenge because it's just it's one of the fastest growing states from a population standpoint so absolutely um challenge but not only with the program being focused on being a future leader in agriculture uh you both are, are likely to be futures leaders in agriculture and in the pork industry and so for those people who don't know you very well i wanted to do some rapid fire questions which is very very new i've never done this before and so I'm going to ask you some questions and uh, we'll go through them. So I'll start with uh, I'll start with Phil on these. Uh, what D1 college do you root for? Go Bucks. What's your go to karaoke song? I have never willingly sang karaoke that I can remember. Um, <laughs> Unwillingly did it. <laughs> uh, I, that's not, honestly I can't remember. Uh, but if I, I would probably something very cheesy. Yeah. What's your last, what, what was your last impulse by? Uh, Pig Flow by Swine Tech. Uh, no, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, probably some more AirPods uh, because I have this thing where I lose mine and then find them a few days later. So yeah, that was, that's probably an impulse by. Dude, that's me with my, my beats. I, yeah. Problem. Um, what actor can you not stand? My wife and I actually just talked about this. I don't really like know the name of actors, but I know Nicolas Cage and I know he notoriously gets picked on, but I really can't stand him. So I will, I'll say him. 
Yeah, he just had this last movie called Pig, where he had this truffle pig, and it was the whole movie was about him finding this pig that was stolen. It was interesting. I haven't seen it, but that sounds sounds it, about it rated the highest of all of his movies on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, okay. Yeah, but uh, it was still a little weird. Um, very artsy. So what's your favorite food? Anything from the grill. What is your favorite candy or chocolate? Um, like just some good dark chocolate for me. What's your go-to light beer? Uh, probably a Mick Ultra. And what's at the top of your travel bucket list or bucket list in general? Um, just top kind of countries or areas. I think Africa or Asia would be pretty interesting. I've never been to, to either one. Well, cool. all right, John, I'm going to go backwards with you. What was your top of your travel bucket list or bucket list in general? Uh, I'd say right now I, I try to get my wife to go on our honeymoon out to Yellowstone. Um, and she uh, did not. She shot that down pretty quick. So um, I, I would say that's on my bucket list to do. What's your go-to light beer? Miller Light. What's your favorite candy or chocolate? Uh, probably Reese's. I love peanut butter. What's your favorite food? Uh, I'm gonna have to go with uh, probably North Carolina Eastern style barbecue with that good old vinegar sauce on it. Phil, I'm gonna send you a bottle of it soon. Yeah, I'm still waiting on that. <laughs> <laughs> that stuff's fantastic. For me, that's the best barbecue out there. Except there's such a fine line that if you miss it, it, it goes south real quick for me. Uh, but when you hit when they hit it right, oh, so it's, it's money. It's money. Yeah. What and it warms up. Like you can eat it the whole week and it's as if it's just perfect each time. Crazy. But what actor can you not stand? Uh I'm I'm really bad. I'm not a big movie watcher and so I really don't have one. Um musician. I, musician. Uh I don't know. It's hard. I'm I'm not a big uh I'm not a big hate guy, but uh <laughs> I, I would so I'd say right now I probably wouldn't want to stand next to Will uh, Will Smith after his comments and everything. I don't want to get smacked in the mouth. So um, I'd say uh, let's go with him. What's your what was your last impulse buy? Uh, I bought a new guitar uh, about a month ago that uh, um, I've been wanting for a while. So that was my last impulse buy. Uh, what's your go to karaoke song? Uh, you never called me by my name by Mr. David Allen Coe. It's a good old, it's a good old country song. If you haven't heard it, look it up. It's great. And what D1 college do you root for? NC State Wolfpack. Go Pack. So I uh, went through and looked at uh, the Pork Leadership Institute and what it all stood for. But uh, would one of you be willing to kind of talk through what that program? was about and when you when you and why you applied i guess maybe both of you talk about when you applied what did what were you thinking about when you applied and what were you hoping you were you were going to get out of it start with bill yeah i um so cheryl day who's our executive director for ohio uh pork she uh reached out to me and uh and had said, Hey, I think this would be, be something good for you to do. I honestly didn't really know what it was. I hadn't really heard of it. And, um, I had just kind of had the time where I was like, I'm not committing, I'm over committing to a lot of things and I'm not going to add more things to my schedule. And then 
Um, <laughs> then this comes along and I'm like, okay. So I, uh, I committed to it and so got into it and, you know, really ultimately what it is, is, uh, obviously a, a leadership program to take you through different, uh, you know, key aspects that would be relevant to the industry, but, um, a core component of it as well is to kind of see, they basically peek behind the curtain on how each uh, organization operates. So how MPPC, um, exists along with pork board, um, and you know, how they coexist and then also how they kind of intermingle and intertwine and, and essentially do things that each other can't or won't. And, uh, so I, I learned a lot about that process. I was probably, one of the more kind of helpful things for me and they do that kind of at the beginning so it kind of sets the stage for who you will meet um you know meeting with people from each organization uh through the various sessions and getting to see how things operate and again i thought i kind of knew some some of that but it was a whole different level of it for me how about you john what uh what you what do you think you were getting into why'd you apply yeah, so um, my cousin actually applied last year. I was part of it. Um, their their year was interrupted by COVID, and so they weren't able to do all the trips and everything that we did. And he's pretty jealous of the experience that we had versus what he had. But um, he encouraged me. Um, our state exec, Roy Lee Lindsay, um, I talked with him about it a little bit. Um, and it, you know, I echo what Phil said. You know, growing up in the industry and going to uh, North Carolina Port Council events and things. I, I understood the gist of it, but not really gotten engaged at all. Um, and this was kind of the first step. I, I thought going into it, I knew a little bit about it, but, you know, through the six, five or six trips that we took, I mean, it, it really opened your eyes of what that staff does, what their mission is. And, and while the goal is similar, um, the goal is to pr promote U.S. port production. Um, they have different ways of doing that um and so you know learning what national port board does versus what national port producers council does is is something that is a big takeaway um but i think for me what i was expecting to get out of it was kind of similar to what i'd already heard or known just but it it turned out to be a lot more it was very it was full immersion you get thrown right in um start learning not only about those organizations, but how they operate, who the people are. Um, I think the, the network's connections was definitely something that I was really looking forward to uh, gaining from it. And it was, it was mind blowing how, how big that pork family is. Yeah. And I, I actually misspoke at the beginning. I called it the pork leadership Academy. Well, that's the Iowa one was called It's pork leadership Institute. So for people listening, there's, there's a difference. The Pork Leadership Institute, I got it pulled up. The comprehensive training program whose graduates spread the pork industry story from Main Street to the nation's capital. Conducted jointly by the National Pork Producers Council and the National Pork Board, Pork Leadership Institute usually picks about 15 to 20 individuals each year. And, uh, yeah, even on the Iowa one, the you kind of, I kind of went in thinking it was going to be more about talking with uh, a wider variety of people in the industry, but it was super experiential. Like you're right into the National Pork Board, right in the National Pork Producers Council. Uh, there was the Capitol. And uh, we went to North Carolina, which which I love North Carolina, but uh, you guys went to Mexico City. And I'm excited to talk about that here as we kind of break this down a bit more. Um, can you talk a bit, I'd say for this first question, um, 
Bill, could you tell us about how many trips there were? And and uh, don't go into detail about the trips, but how many trips were they were there, and, and what what were they? I think there's technically six trips that you could have went on. Um, the fall uh, one, uh, early fall one in September was uh, an additional. That was LAC, which is put on by um, MPPC. Uh, so we it was basically five or six, depending on uh, if you went to that optional LAC one with your state, your individual state. Gotcha. So then with uh, John, when, when you went to the first event, can you talk through what that was like? <laughs> Looking back on it, it's so funny. We, we went to Des Moines for our first trip, and it was National Port Board uh, Office. And we pretty much were there the whole time. And um, I think the title of the, of the trip was Charting the Course. And that's exactly what it was. I mean, it was just what to expect. Um, everybody just learning what the organizations do, um, who the, some of those people are. And we didn't know any, we didn't know anybody. I don't know if anyone knew each other going into that. And so it's, it's so funny to me to look back on how, um, shy we were with each other. I mean, it was, it was pretty quiet, um, those first couple of days. And, um, <laughs> it was, um, you know, looking back on it, Janine and uh, and Donna, if they listen to this, they will get a kick out of this because by the end, we were best friends. I mean, just having a big time and and it was almost hard to get us to be quiet and listen um, just because we talked with each other so much and we learned so much about each other. And it was it was really great, a great thing to see. But um, that first trip was really more about charting. It was charting the course, you know, what what to expect through this process, who the people are, what they do. Um, it was, it, I remember leaving that trip with my notebook full of names and what they did. And it's hard to keep track of it just because there's a lot of people behind the scenes doing a lot of good things. Any, uh, any fun stories you remember from the first one? Um, I rem- I think that's when the vinegar barbecue sauce thing came up. Um, Jerry Hare and I being the two, uh, North Carolina boys, of course, we, get a bunch of pork producers in a room we're going to talk about barbecue sauce and um of course me being me i spoke right up and said well vinegar base is the is the best sauce it's the only sauce i like and um carl bray he had i think he probably had the most fun with it um he picked on me uh all through the trip uh all all through the year um about that and um anytime you could mention vinegar it was brought up with me in contact um that was that that kind of started the whole trend on that trip. I'd still second it. I still think it's the best. But yeah, you can piss off a lot of people in Kansas area if you tell them that. Um, that sweet sauce, man. They love it. <laughs> you gotta be careful. You get quite the feud there. Um, Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> so who was the was uh, who was the who was the character of the group? I mean, you guys had a pretty big group. Uh, did anybody stand out as kind of being the character, kind of the first person to open up and get everybody to kind of come together? I've got one, Mr. John Tungan uh, from Enid, Oklahoma. Shout out. I, I'll never forget where he's from because when he would get, you know, every meeting we're in, first thing we do is go around the room and introduce ourselves. He He's the first one to jump up and uh, just a really high energy guy. Love the guy. Um, he was, he's kind of the icebreaker, I would think. Gotcha. I was going to say you, John Leslie, but I guess <laughs> you can't choose yourself, right? So 
<laughs> I don't know. I'm a little I'm a little bit reserved. I remember that first trip being a little bit reserved. But um John Tungan, yeah. Shout out that guy. Yeah, for sure. John Tungan. I can see that. I can see that John where you'd be reserved the first time, but by the last one you're probably the life of the group. <laughs> <laughs> we got to be really good friends through this whole experience. It was great. It's it's pretty cool. So as you uh I mean, you guys went to the Capitol. Can you talk about that, the nation's capital? Yeah, absolutely. What was that experience like? Bill, you want to hop in? Yeah, no, it was it was really fun. Um, I had been, there were some in our group that had not been to D.C. before, so that was really fun for them to experience. And um, it had been a while since I had been there as well. So it was kind of fun to see that again and get to experience that. We stayed uh, really close to the Capitol, Capitol Hill and just, uh, just, uh, you know, really kind of had an immersion experience there. And uh, really the main uh, goal was to meet with our individual state legisla- legislators and and really uh, bring to light some of the issues that were facing the industry. And uh, this coincided or kind of was done in conjunction with um, what the, the events that uh, MPPC put on uh, kind of, I think it's twice a year, right? Um, where they they take uh, pork producers to the hill and have meetings with um, their representatives and really just ultimately help them understand the challenges that we're doing, make asks. You know, that was one big thing we learned. You know, you make the ask, you don't um, don't shy away from that. You know, what what are you talking about? But then ultimately never leave without making the ask. And so there was just that whole process and kind of the intentionality behind it and making sure that the key issues uh, that are going on in the industry are being heard by people making decisions and uh, bringing forth legislation that can potentially impact our industry. And it's uh, it's a really important program, you know, and I, I think it kind of re-brought it up for me. And uh, I had been when I was younger, but it's a whole different game when you're actually doing the talking, right? <laughs> so yeah. uh, on the suit and tie and going up to Capitol Hill. Um, yeah. That's I. To me, I think out of this whole program, it's probably my favorite part. Um, I went to both LACs the spring and the fall. Um, that's that's something that I, I have a passion for. Um, I, you know, what those folks do on the Hill impacts everybody. Um, and so I think, I'm not sure if Terry Walters or who, who said this, but one of, the, one of the things I heard that has stuck with me today was uh, if we don't advocate for ourselves, no one will. Um, you know, that was that's kind of the message that rings out in, in that LAC is, you know, getting a group of farmers, um, pork producers to go up to Capitol Hill, put on suit and tie and go make the ask. Um, you know, there's a lot of folks that are critical of what we do. And so if we're not out telling our story, um, being seen um, and and advocating for what we need to be successful. Um, you know, no one's going to do it for us. And so I think that's a, that's kind of the overall theme I took from LAC. Um, it's a great experience. Um, even for those that might shy away from politics or, or maybe not as engaged in that side, it's something that's super important. And I would encourage anyone to, you know, look up your congressional members, um, your senators on the national level, but also, you know, at your, in your home state, your, um, General Assembly or uh, state legislator, you know, looking at those folks as well, um, getting to know them and and talking with them and letting them know what we need. So you don't get what you don't ask for. That's right. What you guys ask for. 
That's right. And, and a lot of times I don't think we get what we ask for, but we're definitely going to ask. <laughs> Got to ask. Got to ask. Well, what did you guys ask for? What was your ask? I think, I think the big one, um, you know, is, you know, the ASF prevention, um, African swine fever. That's kind of on everybody's mind right now. Um, you know, more vets um, with APHIS, um, better ways to detect it. Um, one of the things that I still, you know, I'm, I'm looking at my notes, but the Beagle Brigade was a big one that um, we asked about, you know, being able to have those dogs at ports of entry to smell foreign meat products to keep that disease out. That's huge. Um, the other one for me was the um, H2A reform and labor reform, because that is, you know, what I do with the company is labor. Um, COVID was hard on people. Um, you know, folks, we had a lot of uh, folks not working. You know, fortunately in agriculture, you know, you had your job. You know, we're essential. What we do every day has to be done. Um, but, you know, the H2A reform, taking the seasonality aspect out of it, um, taking the cap off of it was the one thing that I really resonated with me. Yeah, what about that- you, Phil? Yeah, I think uh, Joe must say we that covered kind of the some of the main uh, asks during that meeting that I that we went to, and we're trying to kind of present a unified force. So, um, for those that aren't aware of how that works, right? Basically, you kind of have a pre meeting, and you kind of go over, okay, what are we what are we going to talk about, um, and why are we going to talk about it, and then ultimately uh, be prepared to have the discussion uh, with. Uh, with the individual that you're meeting with, you know, sometimes it's the actual elected official, sometimes it's their staff. And um, we experienced, you know, for the the ones we went to, the offices we went to for Ohio, we experienced uh, kind of all across the board, right? Whether you're meeting with the actual elected official or their staff, you know, it, it, it's connecting with that individual, following up, I think is a big thing too. So leaving them with some information, but then following up. So it was a it was a really beneficial process to go to go through. And I feel like uh, one that I, I will definitely do again in the future. I was surprised at the state level, how, how people, how overcomplicated people think it is to get yeah. in front of legislators. I mean, it's, it's so easy just to walk in, put your name down, talk to the person, make the ask and go on your way. Uh, but yeah, people think you almost have to have this special role to be able to talk to them as they're in session. So that was a neat takeaway uh, when we went through our program. But this kind of takes us now to the next stage, which is Mexico City. I mean, that's the fun, the really off out of left field trip you guys got to do. What what happened in Mexico City? <laughs> Anything can happen in Mexico City. What happened for you guys? Well, we sk- skipped a few meetings in there, but they weren't as exciting as Mexico City. So we won't we don't need to talk about those as much, I suppose. But uh was there one you'd like to go back to? Any good? Uh, any, any? Any? Was there a good meeting with a good memory that was in between those two? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> probably a lot more. I feel like once we got through that set, you know, in DC, everyone got to know each other a little bit more. And then as we made it back to Des Moines, um, was our third meeting uh, again, which was right around uh, World Pork Expo, and uh, got to be at the expo and. Uh, had some sessions around that time uh, about having being able to explain yourself and what you do very well. I remember that, and I'm forgetting her name at this time, but she was uh, challenging us to, you know, what's your elevator pitch, right? And how do you tell someone 
Wendy uh, Pinkerton. You're right, Wendy. Oh, yeah. Get out of your comfort zone. That, she uh, she definitely did that. I think she had us all out of our comfort zones. Yeah. Yeah. We um, <laughs> she did media training with us, where you know she she had we'd have half the group in the room, and she'd ask us questions, um, have us on a camera uh, with a microphone on, and. <laughs> That's I mean, perfect. it was it was whatever she wanted to ask came out, and you had to answer it, and and then she critique you right there on the spot too. Um, that was that that was intimidating. Um, it's one thing to talk to folks, and network. It's another thing when you've got an audience and you've got an interviewer who's being, you know, of course, intentionally a little bit um, poking at you. Just, but it yeah. was it was great. Um, another thing uh, I got out of that was. Um, Spike Craven. Um, my, his name's his real name's Micah. He goes by Spike. He's with uh, Integrity Communications. He um, he took us through uh, PowerPoint presentations. You know things to do, how to how to deliver it effectively. Um, you know, everybody sat through a bunch of presentations that you kind of snooze off to. Um, how do you how do you avoid that? And I thought he he was a, a highlight of that as well. He did a great job. Um, just being able to communicate that effectively, get your point across, but not, you know, beat a dead horse either. Yeah. Once you've been beaten to death about PowerPoint and you figure out how you're supposed to do it, it, it's, it's, it sticks out like a sore thumb when you see stuff. Oh, uh, every presentation I've been in since sitting in with him, I critique them in my head. Right? It's like, it's like, he's not scanning the room, right? You got to scan the room. <laughs> Can't lock eyes with just one person. You got to scan. Another uh, individual we had exposure to at that meeting was Jennifer Scheich from Farm Journal. So she um, she came in and uh, discussed with us kind of her path to where she is today and kind of how the background of some of that works in the media within the industry. And, and that was really cool as well um, to, to hear that. And she also put us through the ringer for some uh, interviews. Uh, so that was kind of the highlight of Des Moines. You know, uh, the fourth session was in Chicago where we um, it was a really fun trip. Uh, I think that was where people started to really feel comfortable with each other. And uh, we, there was, there may or may not have been a very late night trip to the bean that a few <laughs> of the I wasn't going to bring it up, Phil. I wasn't oh, going to bring it up. I was, yeah. I was, I was going to bring up the bean. Yeah. But the, the challenging issue was we got there and they actually closed the bean. So if you've been to the bean, you know, it's outside and you would assume that you can kind of just go to it whenever, but Every night they actually uh, fence it off and have a guard. And so we, we, uh, well, the, the people that went, uh, tried to sneak past the fence and, um, and then we were, we were, uh, they, sorry, were met with, uh, a security guard who was like, yeah, the, the park is closed. And, and so we had made the trip, uh, mid trip down to the bean for no reason, but, uh, it was, it was a fun time. There's lots of little things like that where the, uh, making connections and kind of having fun and experiences with the group was was really good. Well, it goes back to what John had said earlier with being uncomfortable, right? When you can find ways to be comfortable being uncomfortable, that's usually when some of the greatest relationships are are sealed. That's you get the better stories. You get it's just it's just different. Absolutely. It was There's one uh, one girl from our group. Um, she's uh, her name's Morgan. She's from California. So we had a resident California in the group, Californian in a group as well. And uh, I think she, got, by the end, she got uh, really tired of talking about Prop 12. But <laughs> um, but ultimately, uh, you know, she never showed it. She was always very engaged with that. And 
just some really cool people that you probably would have i i know i would have never met otherwise so after chicago is is that when you guys went to mexico city after that was uh fall lac and i don't think all the group went uh phil did you go to fall lac i didn't know i know i went um i'm trying it'd be hard to remember who all went and who didn't but um it was kind of the same echoing theme of you know spring pretty much the same ask um doing the same things the only other thing we did was i think it's called bacon fest is the big event that we do um legislators and staff come and we eat pork products um we actually had i'm not sure if it was a fire alarm went off or something but we actually had to evacuate the building um and, and so that was that was pretty memorable um sitting outside um right across from the capitol the fire alarm going off everybody riding by what's going on and all we could think about was oh the pork producers have, have set something on fire but um <laughs> but it was it was great it was a great time um it was a great event too great event all right so then uh mexico mexico city we're there just what, to, uh, what was just, that what? I'm sorry sorry just to start it was the day of the dead um celebration when we went down to uh mexico city so we That's were so fully lucky. immersed in the culture that is lucky. That is so super fortunate that you guys got to experience that because that is as colorful and as vibrant as it gets. It was awesome. It was it was so cool to walk around the streets um, at night and I mean just thousands and thousands of people. I you know Mexico City. I, I I did not know how large of a place it was before knowing. Um, I think it's one of is it top ten cities, largest cities in the world. It might even huge. be like top five. It's huge. And, um, you know, everyone's out celebrating um, and, and the streets are filled with people, things that, you know, folks from especially a boy from North Carolina has never seen in his life. Um, it was really, really fun to be immersed in that. So, you know what an ofrenda is then now, right? I do. I yep. do. <laughs> so if anybody doesn't know Day of the Dead, ofrenda, all that stuff, just watch Pixar Coco and it's going to get you 80 percent the way there. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually really interesting. We had. Um, one of the PLI members from our group was has such a cool story. His name is Alex. He's um he was came to the US to work as a TN visa um a worker and uh has made his way up into management in the company that he works for now. And uh but he obviously he was he was born in Mexico and so we had we had our own re uh, resident Mexico uh expert with us and just to hear him talk about how that movie actually kind of has made that holiday just so much uh, bigger and more exciting than uh, than it even was before. You know, if you can imagine, I'm, I'm sure it was still very large, but the the attention that it has uh, received. So he was he was just talking about how that, um, but that holiday is is really cool. I don't. I'm still wondering if they thought like if they knew that it was Day of the Dead when we scheduled the timing, but I never asked Janine um, about that. Uh, but it was really fun to be there during that time. And I think just helped us understand the culture even more, you know, like, like John Wesley said, like, you know, white boys coming from, from the Midwest, it was, uh, it can be a culture shock, but it's um, really important to me, I think, to kind of further understand that. And certainly one trip doesn't help us fully understand the people or the culture, but it gives you a, a picture and an insight. Um you know, far different than just going to Cancun or something. Right. I mean, it's like that, that's uh one experience and, uh, but going into the, the city and 
and being there. And, you know, the one of the main reasons why we were there, you know, connecting with USMEF um, while we were there and how uh, obviously in the last few years, the the partnership with uh, Mexico that the U.S. has um, as far as exporting U.S. pork into Mexico has been um, very crucial to our industry. And I couldn't think of a better time for us to really go there. I'm actually kind of glad that we ended up going to Mexico City and just seeing the excitement about U.S. pork and the work that they're doing there. And um, yeah, just hearing the hearing some of the challenges from uh, from their perspective on on that as well. And it, it was a it was a very good learning opportunity. Those carnitas pork tacos in Mexico are pretty legit, aren't they? They're amazing. amazing. <laughs> it's next level. I think I think the, one of the coolest things we did is uh, with um, the Meat Federation was we actually did a cooking demonstration, um, and, and it's similar to what they do um, as their uh, pork campaign is is how to cook pork um, and and how to prepare it. And so we actually went through that process. Um, they had a great setup for us where we cooked. Um, pork chops, pork kebabs, and we got to put on the aprons and do the whole thing. And it was, it was a celebration, but um, the theme of it is, you know, being able to advance and, and get in people's mind how to cook pork um, to help turn people onto that product. Um, the work they do down there is really amazing. I, I'd echo what Phil said. They, they're a great partner for, for us here. Yeah, so for that event, they basically invited, you know, obviously we were there, but they also invited like few distributors, like buyers of pork, and they tried to make that connection as well. And a big uh, problem, like just like we have in the U.S., is that a lot of their people overcook pork, um, you know, through, uh, you know, past maybe guidelines. And now now as uh, pork is more safe from that regard and have uh, really been focusing on how to how to get them to cook it at one forty five and um, not not have it taste like a shoe. So I think that um, yeah, there's just some really good things going there. I think we had some supermarket visits, some grocery store visits, where it was it was very insane to kind of see how they were highlighting U.S. pork, and I I just never kind of without having gone there, I had no idea how much effort was happening and in that and how it's labeled and then and uh called out and such and some pretty unique ideas as well that uh some of the organizations were doing there that as far as pork being a lean protein i know uh, one of the stores we went to that they actually hire like a health coach um that's in the store that is actually coaching people on how to use pork and how wow. it, how it can impact um a healthier lifestyle and it was just very some kind of unique and innovative ideas that I we we observed there that I would not have guessed were were occurring. Yeah, it's uh, it oh, what was it last year? It, nothing's more frustrating. We talk about cooking pork. Nothing's more frustrating when you cook it and you did a really good job, and the person's like, "This isn't done enough. I need to throw it back on the grill." And you almost want to be like, "No," but they're so adamant that they're like, "This is not done enough." That you're just like, "Okay, but this is this is breaking my heart." <laughs> In my house, it's 145, and if you don't like it, you can leave. <laughs> I think I think one of the things that was really, really interesting there is the traditional market we visited. Um, you know, to see, you know, and for those that don't know what that's like, it's it's an open air market. Um, 
the amount of product on the street that is, um, you know, out there is it's really crazy to see. Um, it's almost taboo compared to what we have here in the United States. Um, and to see the differences in what we visited at a traditional market there in Mexico City to a little bit more of a, what we're used to in the States. Uh, I'm not sure what the name of the grocer was that was there, but you know, to see it out in the case with the nice line facings compared to being out in the open air um, in Mexico City is is definitely unique. Um, it was it was a eye opening experience. What is it? Somewhat like almost 50 percent is still sold through those kind of traditional markets. Fifty yeah. percent of the pork in in Mexico is still sold through markets such as that, um, or through uh, kind of you know the the culture there. Right? They may not they might be buying from a street vendor, right? So the, that vendor comes, grabs pork from these markets, like what um, JW was saying here, and then they they cook that. So it's it was mind-blowing to me that still half of the pork the country consumes or roughly around there comes from markets like that versus actually being chilled or in a, in a supermarket or grocery store type setting. Yeah. I thought, so, uh, I thought it was pretty ahead. interesting as well that, you know, the the U.S. pork brand, when you see it down there, it has U.S. pork branded on there. And one of the things that uh, some of the folks were sharing with us is that folks in Mexico now are getting more comfortable with the U.S. product because they understand how safe it is. Um, and, and so they when they are buying pork, they see that logo it gives them a sense of assurance that, you know, the food was handled safely um, and it's safe to consume. Um, and I think that's a testament to what those guys do with the meat, uh, the U.S. Meat Export Federation is, you know, they've helped drive that story and get that narrative in that country. So as we wrap up here in 30, 60 seconds each, um, what what recommendations or what advice would you have for the next generation or next class PLI? Start with John. Um, I would say, you know, make sure you're prepared to take it all in, you know, go into it with an open mindset, pay attention, you know, take it seriously. Um, you know, each one of the presenters that we had the privilege of hearing were great. Uh, they're experts in that field. Um, they're renowned not only in the in the U.S., but they're also, a lot of them are renowned around the world. You know, they have a lot of connections and being able to utilize that Take that knowledge, have, you know, make those connections is, is something that you really need to take advantage of. And, and if you're someone who's, you know, a little bit more reserved, you know, get out of that comfort zone. Um, you know, go talk to folks. You know, I, what I found was that folks in in the port, I think I said earlier, the pork family, I mean, all all these folks that we met, I mean, you just really connect with them. Um and it's it's really special. Um, so just you know, if you're in the class or if you're thinking about applying, I would encourage you to apply. It's it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. How about you, Phil? Yeah, for sure. I go all that for sure. Um, they won't have the ability to experience Janine. Um, Janine Van Vark, unfortunately, uh, for the future groups, has uh, put in her. She's one of the co-hosts of the group, and um, Janine was from the. National Pork Producers Council, but has uh, uh, announced her retirement, so uh, they won't get to experience the fun that Janine has. But uh, Dinah, and I'm sure that the the future leadership will will um, make a great experience. But it was just really fun to get to meet others, um, get to meet uh, people from the industry that you I don't think I would have connected with otherwise, and 
um, a lot of us are in the same kind of age age range as well. So that was really fun. We'll be if we stay in this industry. We'll be together for a while, and uh, the amount of learning that you can do and and uh, what you can do to bring back to to make your business better, to help you have a better understanding of the industry and how to be involved. You know, that was one thing we were very encouraged, how to get involved now, you know, there's no excuses. And um, I think is a great advice. Well, thank you both for joining the Popular Pig Podcast. It's been a real pleasure to have you as, uh, as guests. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Popular Pig. We aspire to learn and grow together through the experience and wisdom shared by our esteemed guests. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues within the swine industry. For more information, please go to popularpig.com to receive updates when new episodes are available. Popular Pig is brought to you by SwineTech, the award-winning creators of SmartGuard and PigFlow. To learn how PigFlow can help you streamline your workforce and reduce piglet and sow deaths, visit swinetechnologies.com.